can't. Detectives, there's no reason to presume that Cotton's death had anything to do with this movie, is there? He was making a movie called Stab. He was stabbed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another uh, episode of the Movie Nights Roundtable. How's it going, bud? How are you, Ghostface? <laughs> Where? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, obviously, if you've seen the thumbnail, we are going to be ranking the Scream movies because it's Halloween! Happy, Happy Halloween! Halloween. Uh, it's Halloween when you're watching this. Uh, not when we're recording. Unless you're watching it on Wednesday. In which case, we hope you had a wonderful Halloween. It fucking posted on Halloween. That it, there, there, that that clears it up. Oh man! Uh, but but with that down, guys. Uh, typically in our episodes, we do uh, we break down the movie news and a deep dive, and then a couple B-roll stories to drag through. Uh, today we're going to be doing all B-roll because, like we said, we're ranking the Scream movies, and this is going to be a fun conversation. It might take a while, so we we don't want to. Drag it out too, too long, so we're definitely going to be expediting that by having all of our stories be B-roll, which we're going to start with right now. Nicholas, what's the first B-roll story you got for us? Yes, this one comes to us from Variety. Uh, Tyler Perry has set an eight-picture, first-look feature film deal with Netflix. Tyler Perry's an incredibly smart guy. Oh, yes. Uh, He's been crushing it in the business for a long time, and with the writer strike being over and the actor strike Coming close to an end, I know that bitch is going to end sometime this week during our episode, which is great, but always being a week behind on news. Yes. But but with the ending of these things, you're going to start seeing these deals come back, because we saw some of them end during the strike. And so I thought it would be cool to point out that uh, people are already making moves, one of them being Tyler Perry with this awesome deal. Eight pictures over four years, so we're going to get two Tyler Perry pictures a year. Mm-hmm. Hey, and he, Six of them, Medea. Listen, confirmed. He he works fast and efficient. That's that's what he does. That so is a fact. We will see. Uh, what do you got next for us? Our next one also comes to us from Variety. Uh, Mission Possible Eight has officially been delayed to summer 2025, and there's also rumor and speculation that uh, they might be dropping the Dead Reckoning Part Two from the title and giving it an entirely different name. Which is hysterical, because that means there's a movie called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yes, so, um, first of all, if they change the title, it's going to piss me off. I agree. Just saying. But also, um, the big thing is Paramount, with the SAG strike ongoing, Paramount is announcing all their delays, and the big ones affected were Mission Impossible 8, and A Quiet Place Day 1, the prequel film, has now moved to summer of 2024. I think it was going to be first quarter, initially. Um, but yeah, Mission Impossible moved back an entire year. I think they want to give themselves some time to get everything done. Um, and I also have heard the rumors of them changing the uh, the title. That would upset me greatly because it comes out on physical in a couple weeks. I swear to God, if I hold a physical blue, like 4K Blu-ray and all it says is Dead Reckoning on it, I'm going to be like, those motherfuckers, <laughs> they're going to change the title. If, if it says part one, you need to snatch it up oh, and yes. then get the one that doesn't have yes, it as well. Big time. Big time. Oh, my God. It'd be oh, like man. the Edge of Tomorrow all over again. Yeah. yeah. Live, die, repeat, repeat. Baby. All you need is kill. So many titles to that movie. Anyway, what do you got next for all us? All of them better than the actual one. <laughs> yes. Our next B- uh, B-roll comes to us from Deadline. Uh, the Life of Chuck is uh, a new adaptation, for, uh Stephen King adaptation from Mike Flanagan. Uh, is rounding out its cast with Chiwetel Ejiofor, Karen Gillan, and Jacob Tremblay. 
Yes, and also in that cast list is Tom Hiddleston. Hell and yeah. Seeing Tom Hiddleston with Mike Flanagan, I'm fucking stoked about. Same thing with Chiba Ajiofor. Uh, Karen Gillan and Jacob Tremblay work with him before. Jacob Tremblay being in Doctor Sleep. Karen Gillan being in the massively underrated Oculus. Love that movie. And Mike Flanagan, amazing. I have not watched Fall of the House of Usher yet. I was going to ask. Love all his other stuff. Um, and I'm glad to see him back on the big screen. Yeah. Be excited for this movie. It's going to be fucking good. That we know. <laughs> That's a well-known fact. Yeah. And uh, I think we got two more B-roll. What else we got? Yes, we do. Uh, next one comes up from Deadline as well. Lionsgate is moving forward with Henry Cavill and Chad Stileski's Highlander reboot as action fantasy pick heads to AFM to enliven a strike hit market. Yes. Yeah, so um, we heard about this movie years ago. Yes. That uh, Chad Stileski was going to be rebooting Highlander with Henry Cavill. We all kind of thought it was dead in the water and production hell. Apparently, that is moving forward. And if you go on to read the article, it says it's going to start shooting next year. Yeah. So, moving right along. Good on Henry Cavill, man. He's getting his Warhammer show. He's yep. getting Highlander. He's really just being like, all right, well, fuck Warner Brothers. Let's t- <laughs> let's party. And listen, good on Chad Stahelski because he's going to go make this movie. Because if he's not making this movie, it means or if he's making this, it means he's not making John Wick. So if he wants that money, because basically I think Lionsgate wants to make another John Wick movie, mm-hmm. but he's like, oh, I'm busy. I'm doing I'm doing Highlander, so gonna have to wait unless you want to give me a lot of money. <laughs> I feel like that's the <laughs> that's the play here. The play, but I mean, I th- the movie's still gonna get made, and yeah. uh, I think it's gonna be great. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the final exciting uh, B-roll story that you got for us? Yes, it comes to us from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, as we previously reported on the show, the Daredevil. Uh, reboot series is getting a giant creative overhaul uh and they officially have a new showrunner and directors yes so the showrunner of the show is going to be dario scardapane who recently worked on the tom clancy jack ryan series on amazon as well as netflix's the punisher and he will be the first netflix television show showrunner well the disney plus yes and also um, the new directors are going to be Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who have directed episodes of Moon Knight, and they've directed the best episodes of Loki Season 2 so far. All of them, no, but yes. Yes, and first of all, amazing that this is that this happens. That means they're fucking trucking this show. Oh, yeah. Like, they're going to get it going. Um, but while we're on the subject of Daredevil, everyone who's been watching us for a period of time, all eight of you, know uh, my journey with trying to figure out if this show is going to be canon. I need to point a few things out. One, I did order the timeline book. They're not not in there. Two, you know, was a little heartbroken by that. Hope went back up with this announcement because they got someone who worked on one of the Netflix shows to show run the show. This is great. Variety, in their article, their version of this article, straight up says it's not a continuation of the Netflix show. Just out and out. But it didn't come from Marvel or a quote. It's just Variety saying it. I have hope. But here, here's what I've come to accept. It's going to be a soft reboot. Okay. And we've heard some scoopers come out and say this now in the past few days. Basically saying it's going to keep some of the stuff, not all of the stuff. And kind of just do this as like a springboard for Daredevil in the MCU. Because in the timeline book, each character like in the MCU has like an icon where you can follow their stuff. Mm-hmm. Not Daredevil and Kingpin. Ooh. But they do when it gets to Hawkeye and gets to... She-Hulk and No Way Home, it brings them up and says, like, the Kingpin and Daredevil and Matt Murdock, but it just, that's all it does. They're like, you know them? Yeah, (laughs) it's exactly what it was like. Remember them? Uh, Yeah. So, uh... No Way Home stuff in that as well? Yes. That's cool. Yes, they do. But it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I've accepted the fact it's probably going to be a soft reboot, and what this also tells me is 
Because we got worried that when they were doing a creative overhaul that the Punisher wasn't going to be part of the show. I think he's safe, considering. <laughs> He'll the be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fair. There's so much up in the air about it. I I wonder if this person who did Punisher was their first choice, or if they were like, we can't go to the Daredevil people. They're going to say no. Well, you know they asked Scorsese first. That's probably been they their... They did ask Scorsese. That's for. probably been their go-to for a few years. No, now. they're trying to get Scorsese for uh, Thor 5. You know what? They can't, they can't right. get him there. You're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, last thing before we get into the Scream rankings. Um, something very sudden happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was um, shocking to all of us. Yesterday when we record, not when you watch this. Um, Matthew Perry died. Mm-hmm. Um, famously... These Chandler on Friends, um, to me, has always been the best part of that show and the beating heart of the show. Um, I've watched the whole show twice, and each time Chandler stands out as the best character, and that is 98% because of Matthew Perry's performance. Yes. Uh, he was an, an actor in many other things. He's in one of my favorite rom-coms ever called Fools Rush In with Salma Hayek. I've never seen it. Amazing rom-com. It's great. Very cheesy, very fun. And he's great in it. Mm-hmm. He's even great in his small stint in 17 again. I think that was the last thing I saw him in. Okay, yeah. Um, he also did a lot of work outside of acting. He created sober living facilities for people trying to get clean because of his own struggles with that. Yes. And I know in his memoir that he wrote last year, I think he even mentioned, uh, you know, hey, like, I know that when I die, people are going to talk about friends, but, like, you know, talk about this other stuff too. So I want to point out he created a lot of sober living facilities to help people. Yes. But uh, it was very sudden and very sad. He'll be very, very missed. He was way too young. I think he was 54. Yeah, and it's especially sad, too, because over the last few years, we kind of, you know, he just started to really get a grasp on all of his issues that he's had. Um, and for something like this to happen, I don't think they've fully declared what had happened yet. Yeah, the, um, the only thing as of this moment yes. is the cause of death was drowning. Yes. and But there were no drugs found at the scene. Mm-hmm. Which, so, I know that was everyone's first assumption. Yeah. So, I know, I think there was a lot of people just kind of jumping to cardiac arrest in the hot tub. Yeah. Um, but, obviously, cardiac issues do stem from abuse in the past, too. Yeah. It's just going to... So, uh, way too young. Yeah. And very sad. Yes. Yes. Incredibly sad. We very missed Matthew Perry. Rest in peace. Um, with that down, we're now going to move on to our Scream rankings. Yeah. And uh, this is incredibly exciting. Uh, I, I did a video on this y- years ago when there were just four movies. Now there are six. And uh, something we discovered as we were making our list is we both have the same list. And instead of kind of revealing that one by one, we're going to come at them together and reveal the answers. Yes. Now, something that I want to point out. A couple things. One, I love this franchise. What's your favorite scary movie? I love this franchise. It's one of my favorite all-time franchises. <laughs> In horror, it's this and Evil Dead that are just my all-time favorites for horror. And in scope of my all-time franchises, both of them are up there. I adore this franchise so much. So I'm very happy to be doing this on Halloween. Yeah. Um, also, right. yeah, also, and I'm being so audience, listen to me. I'm being so serious and for real right now. We're going to spoil the shit out of these movies because we're going to talk about them a lot. Yeah. If you have not seen these movies, do not continue watching don't do it to yourself i'm begging you you need to experience these movies not knowing what happens they are such wonderful events 
The screenplays, especially for the first two, are immaculate. They're crafted insanely well. Do not let this be ruined for you. One of my all-time favorite movie-watching memories is watching the first Scream movie by myself and being fucking blown away at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. It is so good. Don't ruin it. Watch them, and then come back. Bookmark this. With that down, Nicholas. Yes. Six movies. Let's start at number six. Six movies. Number six is... Scream Scream 3. Now listen. Here's what I'll say about Scream 3. While I do think it's the weakest film... It has gotten better upon rewatches, but just not as good as the other films, especially in regard to its kind of subtext about how Hollywood worked, especially with this movie being produced by fucking Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. It's very obviously a shot at him, which I thought was clever. Um, Some of the The screen movies are anything. They're meta. (laughs) Yes. And it's just some of the characters were just a bit unbearable. Um, the one of the weaker killer reveals, yeah, I think. Big time, and I didn't like how they were trying to tie it back to the first movie. Yeah, even though that was meta commentary about when this happens, I still didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that you know this was the first screenplay not written by Kevin Williamson, and it shows. It's the script is not nearly as tight and as well done as the first two films were, mm-hmm. and it was just a shame in that regard. But th- there are good things about the movie. Um, Dewey's great in it. Dewey's great in all of them. Um, Nev Campbell. I-, I think had this been the last screen movie like they intended, I think the Nev Campbell storyline still works. Okay. Of her finally accepting herself and that she can rely on herself to survive and be safe. I like the last shot of the movie of her leaving the door open. I thought that that was a great, a great tie-in at the end of the movie. It also has probably the best line in all of the screen movies. Absolutely. It, do you think this had anything to do? With us making the stab movie, yeah. because you're making a movie called Stab. He was, he was stabbed. stabbed. Yes, it's it's a great line. So that, that yeah. Listen, Jay and Silent Bob are in it. We love it. Jay and Silent Bob are in it. That is accurate. Yes, we love it. And I also thought Parker, oh, Parker Posey was great mm-hmm. as uh, the actress who's playing the Gail Weathers character. Yeah, who was like obsessed with her. Yes. Yeah, no, there was a lot of good. Carrie Fisher's cameo is great. There's some good things in it. There, there are good, but man, just. The heights of the other movies just yeah. are... Yeah. And honestly, I think had the killer reveal in this been insanely good, it could have done a little bit better, but it just really fell flat. And that's that's the thing, I think, if we're looking at the Scream franchise at a yeah. high level, your movie also really does come down to nailing that killer reveal. Yeah. Because that's the thing everyone looks forward to. Yeah. And there have been attempts to twist that on its head a bit, mm-hmm. which have been... Hit or miss. Yeah. But I think on the whole, that's really your kind of big moment in the movie yeah. is you need to nail that above everything else. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just being one person and it being Roman, the director. Yeah. It was just like, okay. It felt the most obvious for that movie. And yes. and very underwhelming. The movie doesn't do a good job of making you second guess that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last couple last minute positives before we move on. Yeah. The things I love about this movie. Cotton Weary's TV show is called 100% Cotton. That's amazing. That is amazing. I've always loved that. Cotton Weary. I mean, Liev Schreiber. Yeah. And it's a shame. Like, I understand why they killed him off in the beginning. Yeah. But it was a shame because he was a great character. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, again. it would have been great to see him in the newer entries. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but with that... Yes. Let's move on to number five. Three, two, three. Scream, Scream four. four. Now, listen. 
Honestly, this one and the next film that we have ranked in the fourth spot, yeah, you could flip them, I think. I really did go back and forth for a hot minute. Many which times. Was really funny that our lists were the same, yeah. and it was really these two. The exact same spot yeah. where we struggled. Yes. But uh, but yeah, so Scream 4, first of all, the beginning and the ending fucking nailed it, mm-hmm. both of them. Um, I love, I fucking love when that opens with the stab six, and then it does it again with stab seven. It's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish that they kept more of the alternate opening with how the girls get killed. There's an alternate opening, and it, it just changes how exactly how they died and how much they show. Okay. And it's fucking gruesome. And it's gruesome because when they cut the scene, they had finished all the sound effects, but none of the music. So it still sounds disgusting, like they're getting murdered, but there's just no music behind it. And you're just like, man, this feels wrong. This like, is just dark. Watching these yeah. people die. But uh, I but it I've never seen that. I'll have to. I'll, I'll show you yeah. after. Uh, it's really good, but um, and the end. Do first of all, the whole marketing genius of that movie. This was the first screen movie I saw in theaters. The marketing genius of that movie of having it be like we're rebooting Scream, like and we're bringing back the the cast and doing all this and like they literally had Emma Roberts do like a whole press tour of like it's great to be like the new lead of the franchise and I can't wait to take it forward and then having her be the killer was so good cuz you had what 11 years between yeah. 3 and 3 and 4 yes yeah it was such a good reveal and Emma Roberts at that time too was becoming like kind of this yeah. bigger yeah. name in that this sort of genre yes yeah. and it was so well done and i even liked uh, the the Colkin actor i forget which one it is who played the other killer, who played Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a great job. Because you knew it was going to be either him or his buddy in the movie. But I, I like the reveal. Hayden Penetary's Kirby, her first appearance. Yes. Glad that she survived, because we fucking knew she didn't die in this movie. Mm-hmm. But um, that reveal, when she goes to save him, and then he just stabs her, it was great. Um, where the movie falters for me, it looks horrible. <laughs> I Very 2011. <laughs> I hate how the film looks. I hate it so much. And it bugs me, because this was Wes Craven's last movie. And I hate that his last movie looked like this. And I know it was an intentional choice and I know and all that, but it was just, God, it bugs me. Like, even when I watch it now, I'm like, this movie looks gross. Mm-hmm. The cinematography is really bad. I hate it. And it also has some moments that are... Because with the Scream franchise, you have to be meta funny. And you have some that work excellently and some that fall completely flat. Like, I don't like the joke when Anthony Anderson gets stabbed in the head and then he says, fuck Bruce Willis and dies. That joke has never hit for me. Yeah. I thought that was a bit too far. Yes, they established it earlier. It just never worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple moments like that throughout the film, especially structurally. I love that Gail hates Judy Hicks and her lemon squares. That's hilarious. And uh, this has the best line in the entire franchise with Nev Campbell saying, you forgot the first rule of remix. Don't fuck with the original. Amazing. That is a good one. That's what she signed on my That's autograph. What is on your autograph? Yes. Yeah, don't fuck with the original. Uh huh. It's incredible, and uh, this was it did have the cheesier Scream Three element, which is why I think it's a bit lower. But the only crime this movie has against the other Scream movies is that I like the other Scream movies more. Do you think that it was an intentional choice to wait that big of a gap, or do you think it was just a happenstance and then they worked with it? Well, I think they never intended to make a fourth movie. Mm-hmm. And then just as time went on, they were like, nah, why not? Let's you got something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think Wes Craven, I don't know how long he knew about his diagnosis, but he knew, I think he wanted to just make another movie. And like, I think he like he really liked making the screen movies. And he was like, let's do another one. Let's do one more. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up, this yes. is number four. Our number four spot. All right. One, two, three. Scream, Scream six. six. 
I'm glad that that was it because I'm like, yeah. I thought we had the same list. Um, Scream 6. New York, new rules, baby. Yes. So, positives. Yes. All the New York shit and just the setting I thought worked really well. I thought it was a bit underutilized. Okay. Go on. Um, I think that it was cool to put in that setting. And I think that the opening scene really established this sort of, man, you can just get killed in an alleyway like that in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. But then, like, scenes with, like, the subway and everything like that, like, it felt like, okay, really, no one is seeing this, mm-hmm. which I think was the, yeah my biggest issue with it. Yeah. I, I think the best kill in the movie involving the New York is when they're trying to across the apartments on the ladder. Yes. That, I was so tense the whole time watching that in the theater. Um, and, like, th- those types of scenes work. But when it was, like, out in daylight, like, the bodega scene where Ghost is yes. and you're like, what's happening? Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Yeah. I did like the new setting, but I kind of see what you're saying about it being a little bit un- underutilized. Um, I, when the movie started, and I thought we were going to follow who Ghostface was the whole movie, I was like, oh, sick choice. Yeah. Like, I was, like, digging it. And then, of course, they went and did it again, which was fine. Like, it worked in the movie, but I was kind of stoked for a minute. I was like, oh, no shit, we're going to get a screen movie where we know who it is. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But um, I, you know, Jenna Ortega kills it in these in these films. The core four, as they call themselves are all fantastic. Three-fourths of them are. Yeah, okay. I know you're not the biggest fan of Melissa Barrera. I'm not. Um, the I'm not a big fan of the character and her performance. Yes, yes. I, don't, I haven't seen her in other things. Yes. I don't want to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mason Gooding, is that his name? Yes. So great. And Jasmine Savoy Brown, is that her name? Always great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so happy that they're doing the Dewey thing with him where he just keeps surviving. I love it so yes. much. And I love Jasmine Savoy Brown taking uh-huh. on the uh, Randy yeah. character yes. and yes. Uh, the two of them being related uh, to Randy. Related to yeah. Randy. Uh-huh. I think it's just great. Yes. And I love, I love how uh, um, the dynamic is building on its own. I like that a lot. Yeah. I fucking still don't like that Nev Campbell's not in the movie. And I know that I'm, I'm almost alone in that. I personally really felt a Nev Campbell-shaped hole in the movie. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought Courtney Cox was fine, and I actually really liked her final scene. That, and she's alive still, but I thought it was great. Yeah, I like the whole. We've never spoken before, have yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I think that I don't necessarily see a place for Sydney in the movie, but the lack of Sydney was apparent. Yeah. If that like I, I feel like the movie didn't need Sydney, but it needed Sydney. It needed Sydney. I don't know how to describe that. But like I don't see a, a place I, to I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. What we you're got. Saying. Yeah. Um I think whatever change they made, they did a good job making it seem like she wasn't needed. Yeah. But you know they had a script with her in it. Um and the third act, very tense and yeah. really for a minute had me thinking like, oh shit, is it Kirby? Yeah. And we get the return to Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Which was very welcome. Um the killer reveal. Love that it was finally three. They've been trying to do that for a while. Yes. Um, and I thought the each character in the film was they made the right choices. I don't love the motivation of them just being Richie's family. That just felt like a very repeated note from Scream 2, which I was just like, okay, like, that's fine. Yeah. But they did a great job in the movie, especially on a rewatch, of, like, how they pull it off. They did a good job of, like, that holding up when you watch the movie again. I think that where it lost me with that reveal mm-hmm. was I think that the two, the brother and sister did a great job of playing the psychotic psycho kind of thing. And we yeah. got a little bit of that from just their roles throughout the movie. 
uh, the dads turn into like goofy comical villain mm. of like <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. kill you. I was yeah. like, where where did this where did come, come from? from? Yeah. Now, granted, obviously that could have been the face that he was playing, but at the end of the day, you know, these aren't necessarily like yeah. Are they psychopaths for what they're doing? Absolutely. They were turned into this from the family. Obviously, the whole family's crazy, you know. But I think the death of the son really pushed him over into the edge there, yeah. you know. And it felt like very just jarring that whole last part. I'm like, I don't. It ended. I'm like, I think I liked that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the three killers was nice. The three killers was cool, and I think that the reveal I like more than four. And I think Kirby's reintroduction was. I think four is a fan pleaser yes type thing a lot of fan service yeah um yeah but yeah i overall scream six is right in the middle of this list mm-hmm. and uh yeah it is kind of the middle there's six of them and because in the middle as you could be yeah yeah um it shares the middle with this next one yes. let's reveal the uh the next one now one two three scream five cream five. scream 2022 Listen, I'm very happy that they that they changed course and made it Scream Six. I'm still I know why they did it. It makes it's a meta joke. It's part of the movie. I get it. Fucking aggravates me. Yep. <laughs> but um, I was kind of blown away by how much I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was thoroughly well made. It was a great love letter to Scream and to Wes Craven. And the script was tight. It reminded me a lot of the first script, but not just in like a repeated beats way. Um, I love the third act of the movie immensely. I love the killer reveals in this movie. Yes. When Amber blows that bitch's head off and just like, I know, and just shoots her. I was like, fuck yeah. Like like that kind of shit is what I missed. Well, I also, the thing I love about the killers in this movie is th- th- what everyone loves about the scream is the madness of it, yeah. right? And the fact that this now twice reboot. Mm-hmm. Or revitalization of the franchise. The killers are movie critics. Yes. And like yes. scorned fans that are like, why are you redoing this? Yeah. Yeah. Like just I think the, just the toxic fan argument. Toxic fan argument just works so well for this day and age. Yeah. And Jasmine Savoy's Brown's character doing the new Randy speech where they literally mention, isn't that the one made by Ryan Johnson? Yeah. Like the, that shit was so good and so funny. Now let's talk about the death of Dewey. Mm-hmm. I've never been more sad in my entire life. Controversial yet brave. Yeah. But like, I think it worked. It worked for the film. Yes. I think it was the only way to get Sydney back to Woodsboro. Do I think that they should have killed Gail instead? I'm sorry, this might be unpopular. I do. I think that would that was the move. Is that just because of the love for Dewey, though? Correct. Because <laughs> would Gail, yes, would Gail's death get Sydney back? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dewey's is like a haul ass, like I'm on the next flight out of yeah. here. But the reason why is because... I've always loved Sydney and Dewey's relationship mm-hmm. because they both lost, like Sydney lost Tatum and he lost Tatum, his sister, her best friend. And throughout the movies, they always shared that of like, we lost someone like the same person together. Yeah. And um, just, I would have liked to have seen that happen again with Gail of like their friendship after that. Mm-hmm. But I understand what they were going for and it worked in the movie, but I do miss Dewey immensely. Yes. Um, I remember, so I saw I saw Scream 5 like three times in theaters. And I remember when I took you and Kyler, like my third time seeing it. 
as soon as Dewey said, wait, I have to go back and make sure he's dead and the elevator door shuts, Kylo just went, God damn it. And he put his head down. Like he just knew. Because right you know there. it's coming yeah, like, yeah. at that point. <laughs> um, and this is the first Scream movie with new directors yes. that are not Wes Craven. Yes. Obviously, the one before on this mm-hmm. list, Scream 6, yeah. same directors as well who took on uh, They Were Ready or Not, mm-hmm. which was a sleeper hit, much yeah. better than it had any right love to Ready be based not. on the marketing. Yeah. And then to hear they're doing Scream, one, to hear that they're doing Scream again, you're like, okay, let's go. And yeah. then you're like, all right, well, the Ready or Not people are doing it. You're like, oh, they are. Can I, can I, can I, on. can I take a moment to feel vindicated? Yes. Let me take you back to early 2021, late 2020, whenever the first trailer for this Scream movie came out. Let, let's go back. Mm-hmm. This trailer comes out, and I'm amped to shit about it, because I love Scream. It had been since 2011, since the last one. And I immediately text Nicholas, and I say, Nick, holy shit, you gotta watch the trailer for the new Scream movie. I'm fucking amped. Nick didn't love the trailer. Awful trailer. I hard disagree, but anyway, we were going back and forth, and I'm like, this right here gave me faith that the movie was going to be good because it was like it was a scream trailer you know Mm -hmm. and like we'd argue so much about that damn trailer i think it's a good trailer also genius to have jenna ortega be the opening and not kill her Mm -hmm. and she's now a character i love that choice yeah thought it was great (sighs) i love this franchise that one it was it was a great a great revitalization of it yeah and again another what 10 years more or less yeah yeah, so much. Um, and what a third one of this new series is already announced, right? Yep, so the Christopher Landon coming to direct. Oh, they're not coming back for it. Mm-mm. It's the guy who did Happy Death Day. Don't know about that. He also did Freaky. Don't know about that. Okay, listen. Do I love Freaky and do I love Happy Death Day? Yes. Do I want him making Scream? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm gonna remain optimistic. If you can get Neva Campbell back, I'll go. I mean, I'm going to go regardless. Look at me. Are the but... core four back? Because I know yeah. Jenna Ortega is hard to get. No, no, they're, they're back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's not making out of that. Maybe not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> she's probably she's the opening, isn't she? Again? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Well, we'll see about that, won't we? We'll see. We'll All see. right. Just set um, it a ski lodge for once. I want Ghostface impaling someone with the ski thing. So bad. Oh. Ghostface on skis. It writes itself. <laughs> There's, hey, they should just call you. Um, all right, number two. Yes. One, two, three. Scream, Scream two. two. And this movie doesn't get enough fucking respect. This movie's great. I think this movie is almost as great as the first one. I love this movie. I love this movie a lot. Yes. It's so good. Uh, the opening scene with uh, Jada Pickett Smith and Omar Epps mm-hmm. at the movie theater with the whole concept of like they made a movie called Stab. Amazing, yeah. amazing meta stuff. That scene's great. Um, Randy being in film class and they're talking about sequels. Amazing. Um, Jerry O'Connell's great in the movie. Timothy Oliphant's great in the movie. Everyone's great. Um, Dewey, and this is when they're in Sydney's relationship starts to thrive as well as Gail's, obviously. Um, I love, love the scene when she's trying to act in the in the play and Ghostface is in the, in the choir. So good. Love that sequence. And I think the third act is crazy good. You get the tension with Cotton Weary when Lev Schreiber comes back and Sydney feels really bad because she put him in prison and he just wants to be fucking famous. That's all he wants. Yeah. And he's just trying to do his whole thing. It, it works on every level. And as much of the death of Randy 
is, oh my god, yes, is heartbreaking and mm-hmm. sad as he is a fan favorite character. Yes, establishing that like no one is safe, and it literally just comes out of nowhere. Like there's not even a build up. Like yeah. with with uh, uh, Dewey in Scream Five mm-hmm. when he's like, oh hold on, I forgot something. You're yeah. like, oh boy, yeah, here it comes. Like Randy's just like, and nope, you're yep, dead. dead. And yeah, you're like. What and it it was such well you're right it, it established like anyone could die in this movie yes and like I felt it when I the first time I watched it like I was like oh fuck like yeah. no one's gonna make it out and for a movie that was heavily rewritten you would never know unless someone told you mm-hmm. like the script is still tight I did not know that yeah oh, the wow. the original script leaked online so they had to change who the killers were oh shit yeah and you wouldn't know like it it works. Immensely Who were the well. killers? Do you remember, like the? If I'm correct me if I'm wrong in the comics, I'm remembering it was supposed to be her roommate. Okay. And one other person. I don't remember who the other person. I think it would have been her boyfriend again, mm-hmm. and it was just going to be like she can't trust the boyfriend. But then after the killers die, Cotton comes in and basically seizes the opportunity to try to kill Sydney. So it was like they had two ghost faces, and then Cotton came in like as the situation was happening yeah. and was like. Finally, I can kill this bitch for putting me in jail. So it just became a third, like, at the end. Oh, it was going to be, like, that's crazy. Good. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. But um, it was something. And, like, they had to re- completely rewrite it. And I love the version we got. Who was it again in two? It's um, Timothy Oliphant, Mickey, and then Billy's mother. Yeah. Who, who, throughout the movie, was just a reporter. Mm-hmm. Which, awesome ghost face reveals. Yes. And I also think that um, when... <laughs> when... Uh, Mickey's talking about like wanting to go to trial and doing all that shit and she just shoots him and he's like fucking that guy's crazy. <laughs> I fucking love that so much. And um I love that he was left-handed and the killer's left-handed. And so like there was little stuff like that except for they make you think it was him in the van killing Randy but they shot it in a mirror so left hand was really right hand so you know it was Billy's mom who's doing it. Like there's so much good shit in the movie. <laughs> they they know how to they knew how to play with what yes. the actors had. Yes. And uh, it's such a good film. And that leads us to our number one, which is obviously the, surprise, surprise. the original Scream. Don't fuck with the original. L- listen, yeah. it still holds up mm-hmm. fucking phenomenally. It is one of the best screenplays ever. And I'm not even, hy- that's not a hyperbole. Yeah. The pacing, the meta commentary, the horror, the comedy, it all works. Mm-hmm. The whole movie is brilliant. Yes. From the opening with fucking uh, Drew Barrymore all the way through to the end, the last scene when Billy awakes and she shoots him in the head and says, not in my movie. It's a perfect movie. I love Scream so fucking much. And just at the time, too, just the idea of two killers. like was When I tell you the first time I watched the movie, like, you know how there's little things that obviously make sense, but you just never think about it? Mm -hmm. The best film school is movies. Right. You're like, there can't be two killers. There's always one killer. It's it's a killer. The best like, film school is movies. Yeah. And I try to teach myself watching a movie every time. The number of lessons this fucking movie taught me, by the way, I remember watching this movie, and when the two got revealed, I literally felt like the biggest dipshit in the world. I was like, there's two. Why have never in my life, my years on this planet, have I ever thought, why aren't there two? Like it's such yeah, an easy, it's such an one. easy yeah. concept to grasp. And no one said, you know what? Let's double it. Yes, <laughs> they doubled it and gave it to the next person. Yeah, it was so, like just a little detail like that. Mm-hmm. It was so well executed. And fucking Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard in this movie, 
so good yes. because even the writer Kevin Williamson himself has said Stu was the most underwritten character in the movie because he was trying to hide that reveal. Matthew Lillard m- completes that character. Mm-hmm. And it has my favorite ad lib in a movie of all time. And it's when Sydney takes her dad and calls Billy and Stu to say, like, I called the cops. They're coming to fucking get you. And Billy, they're all covered in blood. And Billy, like, gets pissed. And when he throws the phone, it slips out of his hand. Not planned. And it hits Matthew Lillard. And in character in the movie, Matthew Lillard says, Ow, you fucking hit me with the phone, you dick. And it's my favorite ad lib of all time. It's so good. It's a factual statement. Yeah. But he said it like he's perfectly yeah. in character. He did not break. It's so good. And like the whole movie, like, it is a masterclass in they really want you to think it's Billy. And then so you as an audience member go, no, it's too obvious. It's not him. Yeah. And he drops the phone and he goes, he gets arrested early on. You're like, it's not him. There's no, there's no way it's him because you're still thinking it's just one person. Yeah. And then as the movie goes, you're like, who is it? They Then you start thinking, is it her dad? And then they're framing it on her dad. So then they find her dad's car and you're like, it might be her fucking dad. And it keeps going and keeps going. And then that fucking, the reveal is so. You go down such a big rabbit hole. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And oh my God. The scene where they're watching Halloween and Randy is like, oh, Jamie, you should turn around. He's right behind you. And like this ghost face is behind him. It's so good. And like the the scene that the famous scene of like establishing the rules of a horror movie, you can never have sex, you can never do alcohol, and then the movie breaking all the rules. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of the best horror movies ever made. I love and adore yes. this movie. What was it, 90s? Yeah, 1996. 96. Incredible. Dude, you want to talk about quality? Scream 196, Scream 2, 97. <laughs> like, bam, That's bam. Wild. They were like, That's crazy. Get it the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, what a franchise. What a franchise. I like all of them. I'm very interested in Scream 7 now. Me too. Uh, and with the rate they got 5 and 6 out, I assume once these strikes end, uh, oh, yeah, Scream they'll... 7 will be by t- end of 2024, early 2025. Probably, yeah. Easy, right? Yeah, it's it's something else. But yeah, we want to do a little Halloween treat and kind of talk about the Scream movies. I love them. So just to quickly go in order. To quickly recap, number six, Scream 3. Number five, Scream 4. Number four, Scream 6. Number three, Scream 5 or Scream 2022. Number two, Scream 2. Number one, Scream. Yes. Don't fuck with the original. Absolutely. I watch Scream every year. (coughs) At least the first one. Sometimes I'll do multiple ones. (laughs) Run through all six. By the way, I have 4Ks for all of them. They have not released the one for Scream 4 yet. That's the only one I'm missing. Do it. Do it, cowards. Do we it. And listen, I never get steelbooks. I have steelbooks. <laughs> of 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the only ones I got steelbooks for. Don't ask me why. It's just how it worked out. But they're very good steelbooks. I like them a lot. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's that's the ranking of the Scream movies. And uh, with that down, we're now going to move on to, of course, you thought we forgot about it. We're moving on to the box office. The box office. Nicholas, you got our predictions? I do. Uh, Dalton, you had Five Nights at Freddy's, Killers of the Flower Moon, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, Exorcist Believer, and Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie. Okay. I had FNAF. Taylor Swift, Killers of the Flower Moon, Exorcist Believer, and Nightmare Before Christmas re-release. We were both wrong. What? Can you believe it? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Hit me with it. Uh, Coming in first, Five Nights at Freddy's, making $78 million. Holy shit, really? Yeah. They 
day and dated a $78 million movie? Oh, yeah. That was 120 easy, right? Maybe. Holy crap. Um, coming in second, dropping 56% from weekend two to weekend three. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, making 14.7. Uh, coming in third, Killers of the Flower Moon, making $9 million, dropping 61%. So that was a 61% drop for them, which is not fantastic. $9 million, okay. Coming in fourth, this is the, the curveball from the same studio that brought you Sound of Freedom, After Death, making $5 million. We gotta keep our eye on these Angel Studios releases, man. Really they're gonna they're gonna start coming in. It was five million. Yeah. Okay. And coming in fifth, The Exorcist Believer making three point one million. Again, these are the Sunday estimates. We'll have the final Monday numbers in the description below. Jeez. Let's dive into a few more movies, shall we? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go to Nightmare Before Christmas first. The new worldwide total is eighty six million. It's making really good money. Like it's making really good money. Yeah. Uh, last weekend it made another two million. All right. Uh, let's see here. Exorcist Believer now has now made $112 million worldwide on a budget of 30. I think if it gets to 115, which it will, they'll consider it okay for the critical response and for the 400 million they spent on the goddamn rights. Uh, After Death, uh, well, it's only released domestically, so the 5 million total is what it's at. Uh, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour worldwide has made $203 million. Good for T Swift. Wild. And Five Nights at Freddy's. Ready for this? Worldwide box office, $130 million. On a budget of 20. <laughs> Blumhouse, baby. By the way, ready for this? This is the highest opening in Blumhouse history. Five Nights at Freddy's. Day and date. And look, I mentioned it on our review of the film. They're going to learn the wrong lesson. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, oh, it's, it's day and date can work, or oh... You know, no, it's because they made a movie that people in the younger generation have been wanting to see for a long time now. Yeah. And uh, it worked in spades. Watch the Roblox movie. They're making a Tetris movie. They're making a Minecraft movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, you know. Yeah. Fortnite. Listen, if you make the Fortnite movie like you make the Jumanji movies, it could really work. Fuck, that's pretty good. Like picture, here's my pitch. Yeah. Ready? Ready? Go on. Fortnite pitch, movie. Pitch it to us. It takes place in 2070. Okay. It's a bunch of old people at a retirement home, and they're doing like a throwback day, and someone brings in a console, and they have Fortnite on it. And a bunch of the old people are like, oh my god, like, I used to play this when I was a kid. Like, this is so awesome. Like, can we please play? Like, of course you can play. And they, Jumanji, they get sucked into the game, and they're the 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 original, like, avatars. Yeah. Fortnite. And you get like movie stars to play the roles, and they're in Fortnite. But because of some twist of fate, if they die in the game, they die in real life, and you do the movie. I don't know about the age gap. I <laughs> I think just make it now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I say we put ten year olds in that scenario. Yeah, and watch them fear for their lives. Yeah, but I think. A good the reason why you do yeah. that is because it also captures the recent nostalgia that's going on of people missing gaming with their friends. Mm-hmm. And I think if you did it, like predicting the future a little bit of like people older doing it, it would work. Ah. There now is there an appeal to having a ten year old be in like the movie stars are playing ten year olds? Yes, but I think that can get annoying. I think you have to take a Lego movie approach to it. 
Oh, okay. Because they have all the collabs and everything. I think yeah. you need to, to have that in there. Okay. I don't dislike that. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. Hey. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Not me. Uh, shall we do predictions? We shall. Oh, boy. What comes out next week? Great fucking question, dude. I don't think we have any tickets. Not yet. I'm going to get us Priscilla tickets. Nothing crazy comes out. I know Priscilla opens up a little bit. Um, I think there's a new Daisy Ridley movie. The Marsh King's Daughter opens, I think. That's not a real movie. Allegedly. Uh, my number one is going to be... Or Actually, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to go FNAF. Okay. Number one. Okay. Fucking hell, am I going to keep Taylor Swift in here? I'm going to keep Taylor Swift. T-Swizzle. Okay. I'm going to go then Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm going to go with, ooh, after, no, I'm going to go Priscilla. Okay. And I'm going to go after death. Okay. I'm going to go Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. I'm going to make the same mistake twice. I'm going to go Killers of the Flower Moon number two. (laughs) Okay. Taylor Swift number three. Okay. After Death, number four. I think it's going to repeat number four. And then Priscilla, number five. All right. Because I think, especially with the Elvis movie coming out, I think it it is an indie movie, but I think it has enough push to maybe get to the top five. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, uh, Sofia Coppola. Yes, that's very true. Which is also a big draw for that. Ooh, let me see what The Beguiled opened to. I think that was her last film. The Beguiled. Fun fact, The Beguiled. Good movie. Um, When I saw it, I saw it alone at Altamont and I got a flat tire on the way home and I remember being upset Mm -hmm. because I was debating the whole day if I was going to go watch the movie because it was a late show and I at the last minute decided that I wanted to go see it and when I did I was driving home and when I got the flat tire I was just yelling at myself like just had to fucking go see it tonight didn't we was it good I enjoyed it yeah It was good. Well, that's all that matters. All right, I got it pulled up here. The, the Beguiled opened... All right, so when it went wide, because it did like a limited release before, yeah. when it went wide, it opened to three. Okay. So... Yeah, so you might be right with the five, yeah. but Priscilla... I think has a bit more... A bit more push. Yeah, so you might be right at the four. And uh, it's got that other fella in it, Jacob Bellorty. Yeah. And we had the Elvis movie come out, so I feel like that sort It'll of help conversation push it. is yeah. going to help push it. It'll be interesting it, to see. It will be interesting to say the least, my friend. Yes, it will be. Yes. So uh, with that down, guys, that is the show. I've been Dalton Burdett. I've been Nick Arikia. We'll see you on the next one. 